0: To get the cow back in calf fertility, because if the cow calves early and she 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 is a more days in milk to give more grass is a, the obvious the second, uh, and some would put it first is that uh, tons of grass grown and kind of utilised.
1: Hello, I'm James Dunn, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chaguss Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. With the level of data available to dairy farmers increasing all the time, David Hannan, dairy farmer from County Mead, joins me to talk about how he uses data to drive better decisions on his farm. I started by asking David to give an overview of his farming enterprise.
0: farming with my daughter Laura and my wife Catherine and we're farming. In County Mead, we have 330 spring calving dairy cows and uh, replacement heifers. Uh, We work, at the moment, we're in a transition period with labour. We we have three uh, kind of relief milkers at the minute, but before that, we had two full-time guys.
1: And in terms of, you, you mentioned that that transition in labour in terms of what's the plans, I suppose, there. You've, you're kind of working with more relief staff at the minute. What sort of a mix would you like to see, David?
0: Uh, at, we're looking now at uh, having one full-time guy. Uh, because Laura's home with me, uh, we'll have one full-time guy and we will kind of still try to have some relief uh, kind of milkers for weekends and uh, the odd time that we need that we we're all off together, so yeah. just uh, it it's a it's probably a better fit, um
1: probably considering where we're going. Flexibility, David does it. Sorry,
0: it does it does. Well we found, we went kind of from having one full time guy to two, um, and we kind of end up losing the relief milkers, and just uh, it's nice to have the backup of kind of relief guys, and also too it's it's good to. To have young people kind of coming in that are interested and kind of to give to, to keep them there in the system.
1: When we are on that topic and we're a little bit off topic, but we'll get to the topic now in a few minutes in terms of specifically that I want to talk to you about. But just managing in terms of how you actually manage your farming along with Laura, um, how have you divvied out the tasks or have you took separate responsibilities or how was that transition over to farming with um with Laura happened?
0: Uh, yeah, like um, the kind of, we'll call it general day-to-day running stays with me. Laura looks after the labour uh, and the kind of the relief guys to make sure that uh, the road is kept filled and she looks after the grassland management and the uh, heifers. Uh, I suppose I look after kind of then the rest, maintenance and whatever else. And I have become more or less the the worker now in certain
1: ways. Yes, exactly. So you have kind of, rather than you're all doing a bit of everything, you have kind of defined roles in terms of who's taking responsibility for different aspects, which is interesting. How have you found that transition, David, in terms of um, you were the sole boss a number of years ago, and now we will say you're... Um, uh, we'll say it's 50-50 we'll put it like that
0: yeah no it's actually worked out well because uh, probably some of the areas look okay I suppose we we'll call it record keeping uh, she'd be far better at the computer end of things and, um, and look at the, the staff will all seem to get on well with her so it was a natural transition that she uh, they kept doing the rota and mm-hmm. all that and it's taken pressure off me i'm quite happy Very am actually quite happy to a little bit have a life a little bit easier although at times i do wonder <laughs>
1: <laughs> you see you've handed over a certain amount of responsibilities i suppose maybe to come back uh, to the farm and animal performance look at it's been a challenging year maybe all around on a number of fronts but animal performance wise how have you got on this year where is animal yeah. performance actually at david
0: yeah, look, at uh, animal performance this year, I would say, look, at, uh, we're happy enough. Um, cows, I would say, well, in fact, we've actually had little or no droughts. Uh, this year, we're going to end up, bar too much rain, uh, we'll end up probably much the same or a little better in milk solids, we probably will be, we could end up towards the 500 kilos uh, okay. of milk solids. Uh, heifers have kind of suffered a little bit. Uh, definitely uh, keeping them on track was a little bit more difficult. Yes. But you no, know, we're we're kind of we're on
1: target. Uh,
0: kind of fats and proteins are up a little bit. Um
1: and level of feed, David, just for our listeners. Uh,
0: well at the moment we're uh, well they're all they're inside so Cows are on three kilos a meal and silage, good silage, very good silage. Uh, Is is,
1: is it around a ton of feed or approximately what would you feed for the year? Uh,
0: We aim, look, we aim for about 900 kilos. Uh, Last year we were about 12, 1.2 ton. Um, This year we'll probably fall probably around a ton. Okay. And um, maybe slightly, yeah. We're we're yeah, I look at it in going forward we'd probably try to reduce that to three quarters of a ton. Okay.
1: Um, and we might come on to that in terms of your wrestling management and, and and that. I suppose the specific topic and um that I've asked, I suppose, to talk to you today about is you know, that whole area of farm farm data and you know, how does that aid your how does that aid your decision making? And sure look at um, you're dairy farming a number of years now. Obviously, in terms of, I suppose that's that's a change in space and it's changing all the time. But I suppose, what are the key practices or key technologies you look at in terms of your own business? And then maybe we'll have a chat about, you know, what data you use within them. So when you're looking at KPIs, David, what exactly, I suppose, are you are you looking at at the start of the year?
0: Look at to, the to be, to be three or four things that would. All kind of come into my mind. One is look, I have to get the cow back in calf fertility, uh, it, it, because if the cow calves early and she 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 is a, a more days in milk to give more, and grass is a, the obvious the second, uh, and some would put it first is that uh, tons of grass grown and kind of utilised, um, and that's kind of a different ballgame now with fertiliser limits and um, and then the use of clover. And then look at, at the end of the day, uh, well, the kind of milk recording uh, and the kind of for uh, the cell check and the somatic cells and all that, uh, like, kind I mean, of animal, the, animal yeah.
1: performance area, no, yeah, on of all of that. yeah,
0: yeah, 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 animal, animal health, you know. So, like, that's important to keep keep it uh, under tabs at least. Uh, yeah. You have a healthy cow the whole time, and uh, lastly, look at, uh, of course, is finance, and um, so you have to make money, or else you're not there next year. Yep, long term, yep. you know, you have to be profitable.
1: Very so, good. So we might maybe, I'm going to maybe start on that breeding one. And um, I know we have been <clears throat> with yourselves a couple of times over the last couple of years. You is are is doing lots there in terms of around the breeding replacements and also in terms of aiding your breeding better quality um, beef calves as well. But I suppose... Data, there's so much data available with ICBF. Um, I think maybe it's it's underestimated what we can do with it. Um, if we look at other countries in terms of maybe not having the same availability of data. But what exactly, I suppose, do you use in terms of that sort of data? What do you look for? Um, is there any such thing as too much data, David? Because there's an awful lot of data falling into into farmers' uh, into farmers' laps nowadays and such. So maybe just expand yeah. what you do around that.
0: Well, there is such thing as too much data. I, I do get confused at times too, uh, but not when it comes to ICBF. It's something that we should all just play around with. If you're not used to it, it's just play around with what is available on it. And it's like we would use it, look at the fertility report. Uh, kind of, we would keep an eye on it and we would input the information just to make sure it, if the information is in you get good information out um we would use desire advice uh, to try and pick bulls we want and kind of i the first time i actually showed it to my wife uh i, I put in exactly my ideal uh all i needed and no bulls were available on the, the system Yes. Well, the, the, so the reality is, look at you, you pick your criteria, and look at uh, I always kind of have a great belief. Uh, if you have a fertile cow, uh, first of all, you're going to get more milk. But the other thing, it gives you options because you then have the choice of taking out the bottom cows, which brings me into the calling part and the cow, uh, the COW index. Um, but the reality is, a fertile cow gives you options because then you don't need as many heifers. Uh, and if you have a few extra heifers, you have the ability there. You can either sell them or you can uh, replace some of your bottom cows. And right. uh, it's so the reality is, if you have, if you used information, you can you can get a breed a better cow. And then you can also take out the bottom cows.
1: Yeah, I get you. So really, yeah, what you're saying there is ultimately in terms of using sire advice to select the the bulls. There's also in terms of selection process on that dam side of things now and um, in terms of milk recordings and EBI, is that what you're using to select those or what exactly? Yeah,
0: well, we would use, we would use uh, kind of, where we don't do the EBI that much, we would definitely do milk solids, but the thing is, I did get caught in the first time I tried it. Uh, that some last year, some of the cows had a bad year. We got hit with a uh, kind of a problem when the drought finished. But the what I'm what I'm saying is that at the end of the day, it alone milk uh, selecting on milk on milk solids to take out the bottom cows is not enough unless you make sure that you have a a couple of years of information. uh, And the cow index is quite good, too. But it's just you need just to be a little bit careful that it's not a one-year. Some cows just have a bad year.
1: And the percentage of cows that would have got dairy this year, David, the dairy Um, straws, roughly?
0: We we use sex semen we used 120 sex semen straws on the cows yes uh, and we did all well not quite all the heifers with sex semen we did uh all bar five heifers with uh, sex semen it was one of the advantages of having collars on heifers we could see the ones that weren't in cycling and we didn't give them sex semen yeah, uh, but so they were
1: on. Two thirds ultimately got beef straws. Um and yeah. I suppose it's it's that data that allows you to do to complete that process, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, exactly. And yeah. But the thing about data is it's only as good as what you put into it. Yeah.
1: Grassland management you mentioned, and I know it's a, it's a key driver in terms of in your own system. Um technology around grassland management i'm going to ask you like there's whatever there is there's maybe eighteen thousand dairy farmers 17 to eighteen thousand dairy farmers there's not a great enough percentage of measuring grass but maybe tell tell me how you do it and and um how you use the data to, uh, to, to make i suppose decisions on your farm with regards to grassland management look at
0: the grassland management look we do it uh we we I initially went around and I was cutting and clipping and cutting, but I found it quite difficult uh, to do. Uh, so, um, we bought a grasshopper, and the advantage of it too is it's GPS, and we could we actually uh, put the paddocks onto the system with it, so they were all measured with it, and then. It is also can is can be used by anybody, but it's not always. It's not a hundred percent either, but it's it's a good tool, and it, what it does allow us is we can see if we've surpluses or deficits, mm. and we can react quicker uh, to the surfaces and the deficits. Uh, so, and that's the most important part of measuring grass is. fact that you actually go out and you look because beforehand and uh, it brings me back to a little story about a kind of Alistair Rain kind of years ago told told a lad to move the black box around the fields and in doing so the guy or person kind of actually saw the paddocks ahead and in doing so, improve the grassland management, and that's most of the is actually walking the farm is is is, is as important as measuring, yeah. because you yeah. can see if there's a problem coming ahead of you.
1: Yeah, it gives you that kind of day to day, and as you say, it gives you that picture into the future as to as yeah. as to what as to what you can do in terms of then and the, and the we'll say that's on the week day to day and weekly side of things. Um, that whole understanding what you can grow, I suppose, and that's a conversation we've had recently um how does that aid your decisions? so obviously you have the day to day management, which is very important from a grassland perspective, but it also gives you a bigger picture in terms of the ability of your farm um maybe just talk mm-hmm. to us a little bit about that because I know you are making decisions in that area,
0: yeah, yeah look I suppose um we've we look where uh, last year we were stocked at four cows per hectare. This year we're about three point eight cows per hectare on the grazing platform. Um, while we're fine, what we found over the last few years, as we kind of really overstocked, uh, is that milk solids actually had dropped. And um, the other th- the other problem we'd run into too is that with more deficits. And we were buffer feeding more often or nearly all the time at some times. And a kind of I two kind of things that are in my mind, I wanted a simple farming system and a profitable farming system. And it's definitely wasn't making it a simple farming system. Uh, so we're kind of we've been moving off that kind of high stocking rate and moving back, and I think Uh, If we can get to a place, look, we'll go to about three three and a half cows per hectare. But what it will mean was that hopefully we'll have a simpler farming system with less uh, buffering or little or no buffering and uh, be in a better place. And hopefully uh, the milk solids will come back up again. And I think they will.
1: Yeah, and that leaves you. That's as you say. You're coming back to three and a half um, cows a hectare on the milking platform. Where roughly does that leave you then, um, David? Whole farm stocking rate.
0: The whole farm stocking rate will be uh, about three or two point three, two point two, two point three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Overall stocking rate.
1: And nearly brings me to my next question. In terms of that, you mentioned that whole business and farm finance side of things and look at you're a, a long-standing discussion group member and I know it's something that you are uh, rigid on in terms of completing a profit monitor. Just explain the importance of that for you maybe and for your business and even as you've grown the farm over the years and developed the farm, what role does that play? Uh,
0: I Look, at I personally think it's important to be benchmarked uh, and I also think that Uh, Look, kind of farming, farming is, it's for profit. At the end of the day, we have to pay bills and we have to pay everybody. So the reality is that uh, the profit monitor allows you to kind of benchmark and see where you're good against everybody or bad against everybody. And um, hopefully the areas to improve. now, you can get frustrated with it uh, because it's hard to kind of improve on areas at times that you need to improve on. Sometimes you have to stand, sit, stand back and look kind of in from kind of far away because sometimes we're too close to it all to actually see where we're, we're doing a bad job.
1: Yes, I get you. And when you're when you're analyzing your profit monitor, so as you say, in terms of there's benchmarking between yourselves and your fellow discussion group members. But there's probably also benchmarking yourself year to year as to how your physical characteristics yeah. of your farm improves. And look, at as you say, inputs and milk price is going to have a, an impact, obviously. But in general, where, where are the trends? Um
0: well, the trends. Look at per hectare, we were doing nicely. But we always had a kind of look. Uh, the fact in the last few years, I would say, yeah, we kind of have over, we overshot the runway in a slight in a way, in the sense that a uh, profit per cow, probably even profit per hectare, actually has been dropping, uh, because. We're not getting this the output or the milk solids out of the cows uh because there's too many cows and we're buffer feeding too much. Um so but then you kind of it's hard it's a hard one to kind of say, like, okay, your variable costs drop if we take a few cows out, but fixed costs stay the same. Yes. And it's hard to kind of just say that taking out a of cows. Is going to make you more money and it's uh, you really if you have didn't to have the
1: figures. It, if you didn't have the figures, then, david i suppose that that that's the sort of decision that maybe mightn't happen as you say you have those figures to say right uh, and look at the trends and look at what's happening if you didn't have that i suppose would you be making that decision
0: no no definitely not i you know you can see we can see where we're falling down and the reality is it's figures that is allowing us to actually say, yes, look, we could do with a few less cows and we'll make more money. Yeah. You know, now assuming that the milk price is the same uh, and everything else is the same, you know.
1: Yeah. We're after covering off a fair bit in terms of, you know, I suppose how you're using the information on breeding on grassland on, on the, within the financial element of your farm. Um, I suppose there's a lot of data out there. There's a lot of stuff even that you're using that that, that we haven't touched on. Um, but if you were to pick kind of the four or five most important records for your farm, for our listeners, I suppose, what are they in terms of, um, in terms of the day-to-day running of your business? Uh, look at the, the more,
0: probably look at, um Records of of heat heat detection, oh. and that pre service heats uh, is probably one of the most important things to to get a a good to get your fertility right, so that the, you can kind of you know the cows are not cycling. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be on the breeding side of things. Uh, milk recording. Yeah. Uh, there's so much information there, but you have to use it um which kind of the cell check and everything else um pasture base is is absolutely fabulous uh, and there's a lot to be a lot in it um kind of between your autumn planner your spring planner and then look at if you measure grass you know when you're short or not short a uh, thing i didn't mention before is probably is most important part or is just as important, but nobody thinks about it. And that's kind of soil analysis, because if you don't, if you're, you won't grow the grass unless uh, your lime P and K are right.
1: And- It sounds um, simple, but it is that one in terms of that, that soil analysis piece and knowing where you're at. Um, It's often taken as a given, but often overlooked at farm level.
0: Yeah, and a nutrient plan then to go with it, you know. Yeah. And like, and uh, now that look at I'm we I kind of Lakeland kind of uh offer kind of a low price uh kind of service, and I do it every two years, even though kind of for derogation you only need every four. But the thing is, uh, it's to keep a good eye on where your, where the farm's going, and at yeah. least then. You don't kind of four years is a long time, uh, and if if you're going the wrong way, it's a real long time. Um, but so the reality is, it is it is important. And then look at put the nutrients where they're wanted, not just don't put onto a paddock, uh, slurry, you know. And the P and K should be put where it's needed, not everywhere.
1: Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. And um, anything else on the business side of things then, or how do you keep that, you, you complete your profit monitor, is there anything else you're doing, David, or well, do you we, keep it fairly straightforward?
0: Do, no, we we do kind of look at, uh, we do approach uh, it kind of, and we would uh, keep it updated uh, over the year so that we actually know where we stand um, kind of financially. And uh, I know it's it's easy to say that you can change. It's it's not as simple. Uh, but the, at least you're armed with the the knowledge that uh, you have money or you don't have money in your cash flow. And if you you can always kind of put off a bit of capital expenditure, yes, or yes. you can cut back on something. Uh, so it's 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 good to do a budget and to, to have it uh updated regularly.
1: I think that's a good place. Work on it. <clears throat> Sorry, David. Yeah, I think I think that's a good place. Um oh, I'm not gonna hold you much longer. We're on for nearly twenty five minutes or half an hour. That's a good place maybe to finish up. Um, as you say in terms of the ca- that cash budget and having an understanding of the farm finances. You've given us a great insight into your own farm. And I suppose how it has evolved, um, how you're using the data. But from what I've gathered from that, it's really you're selecting the data within them key practices in terms of breeding, grassland management, the milk recording from an animal health and, and also from a breeding perspective. And then it's tying it all together. It's tying it all together with that farm business element piece. Um profit monitor cash flow budget as we mentioned there so look at thanks a million It's always it's great to have farmers um on the podcast thank you david for your time and we wish you a, a successful end to 2023 and um hopefully um the spring of 2024 is kind thanks david
0: thank you and hopefully thanks a million appreciate it
1: That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast and my thanks to David Hannan for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and for more information go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm James Dunn and join us next time for your Dairy Edge.